girl. Welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast is all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. Girl, I'm so excited that you're here for today's episode. This is one of those pinch me moments because I have had Jenna Kutcher, our guest today, on my dream guest list for years. And now she's here. And this conversation is so juicy. You're going to love it so freaking much. If you're not familiar with Jenna, I should probably tell you, she is the host of the Gold Digger podcast, the number one marketing podcast in the world. She has over a hundred million downloads on her show. She also happens to be a New York Times bestselling author of a really incredible book that I love called How Are You Really? She is a mom of two. She's a wife. She's helped thousands of entrepreneurs through all of her different courses and programs. She's a photographer. She's super multi-passionate. But what you're going to love so much is how honest and open and raw she is. And in this conversation, we talk about boundaries and creating freedom in your life and identity and waiting seasons. It's so juicy. And what's so cool, you know, from a personal perspective is, you know, I am pregnant with our first baby. And I also know I'm really ambitious as an entrepreneur. And so many of you can identify with this. And I was talking to Jenna before we recorded and even after we recorded. And one of the things that she kept emphasizing to me was the importance of building a strong foundation in your business, especially when you're in major season changes, going into something like being a new mom, like it's so unknown, right? And what she talked a lot about is the power of email marketing. So I had her go into that in today's episode, because if you are a business owner, this is such juicy information. And she's also hosting a free webinar that I'm 100% going to and taking all the notes on. And um, you can join me too. It's totally free. Go to jennacutcher.com slash empower her. And that's how you get the free link to join this webinar where she's going to tactically break down everything that she's done with email marketing, which is the main focus for her and her business to drive sales and to get leads and to just do this in a way that she has so much flow in her business. Because you're going to hear in this episode, like her boundaries are freaking fire. She's so present with her friends and her family and her kids, but she also has this ridiculously successful business. She's someone that I really admire for just how she shows up in the world. You're going to love how she feels like you're just talking with the best friend. She's just so genuine and down to earth. So I could rave all day long about this episode. Just check it out. And if you love it, it would mean so much to me if you tagged Jenna and you tagged me on Instagram stories, like shout it out. I just want her to feel all of the love from this amazing community because it was a really big deal for me to get to have her on the show. And I know you're going to love all of the value that you get from it. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Jenna, I am so freaking pumped to have you on the show. Welcome, girl. I have been watching you at the top of the charts forever. So this is a super big treat and I am a listener of your show as well. So thank you for having me. Oh, you're seriously the sweetest. So I have 800 million things that I want to talk to you about. Great. But right now it's like people could look at you at this current season of your life and your business. And especially if they're just getting started or they feel like they're in a season where they're stumbling a lot and they could, you know, unintentionally compare themselves to you. And I want to start just by taking them back to when you were working like in the corporate world before you started this photography business and you had this like visceral feeling in your gut that you wanted something else, even though on paper, you know, it maybe made sense what you were doing. So can we talk about what that felt like? Because a lot of women in the community feel that way. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So I feel like so often if you were to trace my journey, it's been over a decade. So whenever people talk about overnight success, I'm like, show me your work in a decade and then we can talk because it is often a long road. It is usually not straight. And for me, what's really interesting, and I want to start with this point because I think that a lot of listeners will, will relate to this, is that 
we live in a world that's like chase your dreams and fulfill your passions and all these things. And most of us are like, I don't even know what I want. Like if I knew what it was that I wanted, I could go after it, but I don't even know where it is. And so what's interesting for me is when I peel back all the layers of my journey, the number one thing that I continue to find is that I was usually moving away from what no longer served me instead of moving towards what I wanted. I could have never dreamed of a life that I have today. It wasn't even on my vision board. It wasn't even a possibility. However, there were certain times in my life, my career, my business, where I had these realization moments of like, this does not feel the way I thought it would feel, or I thought this was success and it isn't. And so for a lot of us, if we're sitting here and we're like, I don't even know what my passions are. Like I, I watch Bravo at night and like, um, <laughs> and that's cool. Like maybe we start to move away from the things that aren't working for us any longer. And so my journey over the last decade was starting in corporate thinking, I want to do this. I want to have the corner office. I want to be the boss to somebody handing me a five-year plan and me waking up to the fact that if I didn't start planning my own life, someone else was going to plan it for me pivoting Mm -hmm. away from that of like, I don't want that, but I don't know what it is. I want it. And I bought a camera and that was my ticket out of the corporate world. I had a very successful photography business, but then again, woke up one day after some fertility struggles and realizing like, I am planning my life and my family around this business that cannot run while I rest or while I grieve. And so it's just been a lot of this like retooling and evolving and being open to the evolution of who I am and who my business can become. Yeah. It's so powerful because like even having the vision of, I want to have more optionality in the future, like some women right now that are in that very early stage of entrepreneurship, where it's like, you're building for a future version of you, even though you don't know what that is, whether that is a season of grief, like you struggling with infertility and being so open about that, which also I'm so grateful that you have been so open because so many people can connect to that. But then on top of that, it's like the lifestyle that you want later that you don't even know really what that is, right? Right. Did you have that vision? Like when you were working in the corporate world as you started that first business, like, did you think you wanted more freedom or you're just like, I'm just going to follow what maybe feels kind of aligned right now? I, I wish I had like the visionary of like, let me put my glasses on and see like five (laughs) years from now what I want. And even to this day, as a mom of two young kids, like I don't know what it's going to look like when they're both in school. Like, I don't know what any of this is going to feel like. And so I feel like it was more operating from like, I need to get away from this and into this. And once I'm in it, then I got to get honest about, does this feel how I thought it would? Is this what I want? And so I feel like I'm constantly evolving. And I really related to your recent episode where you're talking about like, let's get honest about like what season we're in. Is this a season of hustle? Great. Mm -hmm. Is it a season of rest? Is it a season of joy? Is it a season of contentment? Like, what does that look like? And so for me, it's just been this roller coaster of like, okay, I'm ready to hit the gas pedal. Oh my gosh, I need to hit the brake. Like, this is what is working right now. Uh, which isn't always helpful because so many of us don't want to check in with ourselves and don't want to be honest if what we're doing today isn't working. Yeah. So how do you like tactically do that? How do you know if it's a season and even maybe this is current day or like what you've learned along the way over the last decade. But I feel like sometimes people don't know, like when they're experiencing resistance, is this what I'm supposed to push through because it's something new and it's challenging? Or am I like, ah, I need to pivot because like, I don't know, like this doesn't feel right. Like how do you actually know that for yourself? Yeah. So I wrote a book uh, last year. It came out and it's called How Are You Really? And the practice that I have brought into my life in so many pivotal moments and stories is really saying, is this what I thought it was? I tell this story in the book about how when I hit that elusive six figure mark as a photographer and I thought like, the angels will sing, the confetti will drop. It's going to be this amazing day. And I remember standing in the shower using the same shampoo I had used the day before and being like, this doesn't feel how I thought it would. In fact, if I'm really honest about how I am really, I'm exhausted. I'm burnt out. Like I cannot imagine doing this another five, 10, 20 years. And so I feel like for me, it has been this daily practice of checking in. And even right now in my life right now, I just did a podcast episode on my show about how I struggle between this contentment and this like passion, this achiever. Like I want to, you know, shut everything down and live in the woods and have chickens. And then the next day I'm like, (laughs) I want to see how big I can go. I want to be in Times Square. I want to, you know, and so it's like, especially for women, I think 
that, I mean, we're operating off of hormonal cycles, not to mention like I have ADHD. And so for me, it's having to constantly come back home to myself and my reality and asking myself, is what I'm doing today? Like, does this work? Does this feel good? Is this moving me closer to the life I want? And every day is a little bit different. Yeah. That's really important. I think for people to hear from someone that you know, we tell ourselves the story where we're looking at somebody else's life, like, oh, they must have had this very linear path. But the way that you're describing this is like, sometimes I'm in and then sometimes I have to readjust. And then especially having two young kids, which, you know, can we speak to that? Like even just how you've built the businesses that you've built, the programs that you've done, the impact that you're making through your show, like all that you're doing, but you've done this through fertility, like mm-hmm. like a journey with your fertility. Yep. And then you've done this while being pregnant, which yep. you and I can connect on that where I'm just like, yes. oh, my first trimester, I was like narcoleptic. I'm like, how am I going to do this? Totally. Uh, and then into like newborn and now mm-hmm. as your kids grow older. So obviously yeah. you don't know what the future holds, yeah. but like how have you been able to adjust and also still show up for your goals while then giving yourself compassion in those different seasons? Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. Um, I think a lot of people and any listener can relate to this, whether they have the desire to be a mom, they are a mom, they're working on it, whatever, is that a lot of times we find ourselves in waiting seasons, right? Where maybe Mm -hmm. waiting for the job, the relationship, the business to get off the ground, the baby, whatever that is. And what's really interesting uh, with my story is that like the waiting season was just as important as what it was that I was waiting for, which was my child. And so for Mm -hmm. us, the waiting season was three years and it was two back-to-back losses. It was planning our family around this business that I'd built, this business I had built for freedom that was really trapping me into what was possible for my bigger dream of being a mom. And what's interesting is, and, and I actually was just talking about this with my family because my nephew just had his seven, seven bir- his just had his seventh birthday. Yeah. I, if I would have had that first pregnancy, if that first pregnancy would have been fulfilled, I would have a seven year old. And thinking about the life that that child would have had would have been very different than the life that my children now have. Because Mm -hmm. during that season, I woke up to the fact of like, I cannot be the type of mom I want to be while running this business that I've built. I have to change things. I have to find a way to create a business that can run while I rest that doesn't rely on me showing up in order to collect the paycheck. And so it's really interesting because I think a lot of times we let waiting seasons be wasted seasons, but Mm. if we can methodically work towards preparing our lives for the thing that we're waiting for, I think not only can we enjoy it more, but we're awake to the blessing it is. And so it's been a really interesting season navigating it all. Like Keisha, I would, I had said on the record, I will never write a book. And then I just, I'd write a book while pregnant and having a newborn, right? Like, what is this? And yet it was all possible because I had built these underlying currents within my business, within my marketing, within my strategy that are running and driving results without me having to physically show up. And so Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we build businesses on shifting sands, like social media and things like that when we're really missing this chance to like lay a foundation for something that we own, that we can control and that is reliable. And so that's what I think I've been able to do as a business owner. And also that has allowed me to pivot time and time again. Yes. Okay. I want to talk about the book because I absolutely love it. I I read books out loud at night to my husband too. I'm like, how are you really? Um, So I want to ask you, you, you know, you didn't want to write a book. And then all of a sudden, shifting gears, like, I'm pregnant with a newborn. This feels like the perfect time to write a book, which also then became a New York Times bestseller. So that's absolutely incredible. Um, But why this book? And, you know, I've listened to some of your episodes where you've talked about even like the, like, your publisher wanting you to write a different book yeah. and you sticking your ground to writing this particular book. So can you tell us a little bit about the backstory of that? Because I think there's also parallels, like whether it's in the corporate world or for other entrepreneurs where we think that we should do what someone who has maybe more experience is telling us, this is what you should want. Yeah. You really like stuck to your guns on this. So how did you do that? (laughs) Yeah. So for years I'd said I would never write a book and here's why. I feel like in different stages of your life and business, there is a king or a queen, however we want to say it. There's time and there's money. And for so much of the early years of my business, I willingly and gladly exchanged my time in order to earn money. Mm -hmm. And then I hit this threshold of success, like beyond my wildest imagination. And all of a sudden I was like, time is my currency. 
and I want to spend it in the best places. Let me tell you, writing a book, you don't make a lot of money. You have to have a message that matters so much more than the money. And Mm -hmm. I didn't have that until this all came to me. And what's interesting is, is that I'm super well known in the business space. I love business. I love marketing. I love funnels. I love strategy. Like top (laughs) dirty to me. If if anyone can see you right now, you're literally like geeky. Not like that. I can't wait for us to talk about that too. (laughs) Excited. And so I love all of that. But I had this realization of like entrepreneurship is for me. It is the ticket to a full life for me. It is exactly what has unlocked this enriched life for me. However, entrepreneurship is not a requirement to live a life that you are awake to, to live a life that feels good and doesn't just look good. And so it was really interesting for me to put that together because I think there was a time in my life where I am fully gladly to contradict myself, where I was like, everyone needs to be an entrepreneur. But guess what? The world would not function if we were all entrepreneurs. (laughs) We need people to be employees and happily employed. And so- When I started this idea of like, I think I want to write a book and it was something that mattered more to me than the money. It was something that it was a message. It felt like a legacy move. It felt like the right thing. And the cool thing was, is that my business still ran and everything was still happening. People didn't even know I was writing a book for an entire year. And so it was really cool because I, again, in the waiting seasons of maybe even waiting to write a book, I had built something that could run and support this next iteration of me. And I think we live in a culture where it's like, if we wake up to the fact that we're not happy, we're so fast to abandon what has gotten us to where we are. But I have always leveraged where I'm at to get to where I want to go. And that's exactly what happened with the book. So good. So in that process, yeah. I think like, you know, there's different seasons in your career where you feel like I want to say yes to everything, right? Because like, ah, I'm new. Yes. Like, I don't know I what opportunities to, yes. to take, yeah. right? And then something I really respect about you as an entrepreneur and woman and mom and wife and all the things is like, you have very like great boundaries Yes, and I you talk very boundaries. openly about your boundaries and yeah. like, you're not saying yes to a lot of things. Like you, even your team, like coordinating this interview, it's like, you haven't done a lot of podcast interviews recently at all because, because of these boundaries, which again, I really respect and admire. Can you speak to if there's been a time like in the past where you Mm -hmm. have been like, yes, I'll just say yes to everything and how the outcome led to this? Because I'd love to know just like the journey of your boundaries. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So there's this line in my book that I love. I talk about boundaries in the book because boundaries have been my best friend. Like I should have it tattooed on my wrist at this point because (laughs) For so long, yes, (laughs) for so long, I think that people think of boundaries as like something that keeps things and people out when in reality, boundaries keep you in your life. And Mm. so for me, boundaries have been this like gateway of like, if I say this is important, there has to be a boundary around it that protects me because I have to save me from myself. Keisha, I would say yes to everything. (laughs) Like if you and I, like you were literally like, come to my birth and I was like, I'm there. I will be there. <laughs> I am ready to be your doula. You, you literally, know like, for, like, for context, for anyone yes. that doesn't know what we're talking about, prior to recording, um, I was telling Jenna that I'm due November 3rd, and Jenna was like, in another life, like, I would be a, I'm doula. a doula. And I was like, do you want to come to my birth? Yep. Do you want to have this baby out of my hoo-ha? I'm okay, there. Great. <laughs> like, I, and, and that's the thing is, like, I am so passionate about, like, people and things that I would say yes to everything. And so creating boundaries has not only deepened people's respect for me, where I think a lot of times there's fear of like, if I say no, they're going to think I'm a terrible person or whatever. And there's also a way to do it. So let me give your listeners a script, okay? Yes. So when I finally had my first daughter, Coco, I took an entire year and what a privilege to be able to do this. Let me just recognize that. What a privilege to be able to say for an entire year, I'm saying no to everything And I still worked and my business still ran, but I said no to speaking. I said no to being on other people's things. I was just head down building what I could build in my own business and saying no to everything else. And so I created this script that I have saved on my phone, that I have saved as an email template everywhere. And so it just says like, thank you so much for considering me for this opportunity. I am so appreciative that you value me or that you see this value. However, I'm going to have to politely decline in this season of life. XYZ is my number one priority. And in saying yes to you, I am at the same time saying no to what I'm telling myself matters the most. And then I also say, I hope this invites you to make sure that your day, your life is prioritizing the things that matter the most to you. And this serves as an invitation for you to do the same. 
I will circle back if anything changes. Thank you again so much. Sincerely, Jenna. And I love having I mean, the invitation. please. That is yes. gold. Yes. Like someone back 30, they're walking their dog right now. Back 30, back 30. Yeah. Literally write that down. <laughs> yeah. Because if you have that in your pocket, like the freedom of that. Totally. And oh. no one's going to tell you like, so for that year, I defined success as putting my child to sleep at night and waking her up in yeah. the morning. So it was very easy for me to say no to things that had once felt shiny, whether it was traveling or speaking on stages, because it wasn't aligned with that definition of success. And what's funny is no one was ever angry about that response. Yeah. In fact, because it's so not going to be like, women, oh, you love your kids? Yes. You hang out with your so kids. many women were like, oh my gosh, this is the best. Like, I need to do this. And so I just think it's really powerful. Like boundaries in every area are so powerful at keeping you in your life and what you say matters most. And they also check you. Like if I say this matters most, is my day to day reflecting that? And a lot of times we can't say yes to that. Yeah. And was there ever times, because like, obviously this is you now and you've got a decade for anyone that's like, Jenna, like hundred million dollars on her podcast. It's like, yeah, yeah, well, she's been doing this for a decade. Right. So with that, like were there seasons previously that you felt like it was actually a need for you to say yes to more things and not have as much boundaries? Or was there ever like a time where you felt like that was needed, right? Especially for new entrepreneurs that are like trying to get themselves out there or they're in that season of like, it feels like they're pushing a gigantic monster truck tire up a hill while they're starting their business. Like, can you speak to that season of life too? Oh, I mean, how many times have you said yes to things that sound really shiny? And when you get into the experience, it's actually quite dull or you're building someone else's business. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That for me, was a huge wake up call because I was a yes girl, especially when I was the person in my inbox, not fielding these things and having no boundaries. I would say yes. And then I would look at my calendar and be like, who did this to me? And I was like, this to myself. (laughs) What I found time and time again is that I want to bet on myself and my Mm -hmm. own business before betting on anything else. And so I've gotten really clear and it might feel exclusive in some ways, but I treat time as my currency. And so my best bet is on myself and my own work. And then when there is a a surplus of time, that's when I can extend it to other people. And so Mm -hmm. even in the season that you're finding yourself in where you're preparing for a maternity leave and you're like, can this thing float without me? And what's going to happen? What does this look like? And all of these things. It's like I had to build the infrastructure within my own company first before I could say yes to anyone else. And so this is your invitation to be a little bit selfish with your time and also to recognize that most of the things in the business world on the internet that look shiny don't actually feel as good as they look. And Mm -hmm. so I had to get really honest about here's what success is for me. Here are the steps that will get me to success. And more often than not, it probably looked selfish, but it felt right and in alignment. Mm -hmm. And it built something again, that can be sustained over a period of time. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I think it just like, you know, we need to learn how to give that permission to ourselves to set those boundaries. But I think it's a really, and we talk a lot about on this podcast that like your life is a testimony of what's possible for other people. So someone even seeing you do this or act in this way or not get caught up in like, I mean, there's so many things and so many directions, especially at this stage in your career that you could be here and be there and be all of these places and do all of this stuff. But it's like coming back to your true definition of success by your terms, not somebody else's definition of what that might look like. Yes. And, and can we speak to that real quick? Because I do think it's easy to get caught up in this person's doing it this way, or this person is saying, this is what my next goal should be. Whether it's for a woman that is an entrepreneur or even working in the corporate world or a, or a mom that is like, this is what I should be working towards. How have you been able to drown out the noise when, you know, yes, one part of it, of course, is boundaries, but like drowning yeah. out the noise of being an achiever because you also yeah. love to win. Yeah. Right. So how do you balance that in your body and yes. those your choices? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. I am a huge fan of reverse engineering everything. So I feel like so much of my success has come from looking at someone and being like, what steps did they take to get here? And I'll Mm -hmm. give you an example. So when I was a wedding photographer, I remember seeing this other wedding photographer who shot this beautiful wedding in Paris. And I was like, that is the dream. Oh my gosh. The (laughs) Eiffel Tower, the dresses, the like everything. And I caught myself in that moment. I said, okay, if that is the goal, here's what I have to do. I have to update my passport. 
I have to be jet lagged. I have to book a really expensive flight. I have to huff through the airport with the expensive cameras. I have to edit all day on the plane. I have to be away from my family for five days. Is that actually the goal? And I feel like so often we see the shiny, but we don't actually ask ourselves what went into that? What, what went into that? And am I willing and able to do those things right now? And so for me, it's like very simplified my version of success and what that looks like. And it's also helped me see that those things that look good historically haven't felt good in my life, whether it's Mm -hmm. hitting six figures or being the best Wisconsin wedding photographer or whatever that is. Those are all amazing accolades that I'm very proud of. But those were also some times where I was the most burnt out, the most exhausted, you know, all of those things. And so I think that in today's day and age, when we see something and we covet it or we want it or kind of lights a fire in us, it's our responsibility to say, what would go into that? What would go into having a body like that? Am I willing to stop eating burritos? Am I willing to wake up at 5 (laughs) a.m.? If I'm not, maybe that's not the goal. And so I think that that's a really interesting thing is because we often see the end result. We don't ask ourselves what went into that. Yeah. It's so interesting. I've had the, prior to getting pregnant, I had the conversation with my husband where I was like, uh, do like, do I actually want a six pack? Because like, I love, uh, drinking wine and having a spicy margarita every now and then. So like, I heard that on your recent episode too. And, (laughs) and I was the same way too. And then it's like, now I'm in a season of prioritizing that. And I wasn't previously. And it's interesting too, because I love that it welcomes the evolution of who we are. And it also welcomes us to change our priorities and change our mind. And I think that's so powerful. We don't talk about that enough. I hope you are loving this conversation with Jenna. Honestly, this is one of my favorite interviews. So I hope you're just like nodding your head like, oh yeah, this is juicy. I wanted to tell you a couple things real quick. Number one is at the end of this episode, Jenna talks a lot about email marketing. And I just want to be fully transparent with you. This is something that I have completely avoided in my own business, but After we recorded this episode, I ended up chatting with Jenna about this new season of life that I'm going into. You know, she's a mom of two. She's got this large business. And I was like, you know, I'm moving into this new season of motherhood. Like, what advice would you give to me about how to keep growing my business, but do it in a way with like really good boundaries where I just feel a little bit more free? And she was like, Keisha, focus on your email list. Like she was really emphasizing the importance of this. So I committed to really focus on my own personal email list. And I want you to join me if you are a podcaster or a business owner at any level, even if you're just starting out, this is something that, you know, looking back, I wish I would have prioritized right when I became an entrepreneur, but I didn't. So now I am going to, because Jenna's actually hosting this free webinar and it's all about the tactical ways to build your email list. So totally free. All you have to do is head to jennacutcher.com slash empower her and you can join. I'll be on it with you. I'm going to be viciously taking notes, probably getting a hand crap, you know, uh, blowing up the chat because I'm just going to be so excited because I really want to prioritize this, especially moving into this new season of life. And that being said... I was so excited to have her on the show. She's been a dream guest of mine. I feel like she added so much freaking value and gave so much time to our community. So I wanted to celebrate this. So if you're listening into this episode and you're getting a lot of juicy takeaways, if you tag both Jenna Kutcher and me, Keisha Get Mary, on Instagram with a takeaway, or if you head over to my Instagram page and you drop a comment with one of your takeaways on the reel that I just posted this morning, then you're going to be entered to win a free copy of her book, New York Times bestselling book, How Are You Really? I just really wanted to celebrate this milestone of having her on the show and really celebrate her for all of the value that she added. She doesn't do a ton of interviews. She's got a huge podcast herself. And like we talk about in this episode, she's got some really great boundaries. So I was so excited to have her on the show. So let's give her tons of love from this community. Tag her with your takeaways, drop some comments on that video and let's show our support. And then I hope to see you if you're interested in building an email list on her free webinar, which again, you can check out by going to jennacutcher.com slash empower her. And I'll see you there, girl. Now, without further ado, let's dive back into the show. Yeah. 
And like with that, okay, one more question on this and then I want to get into yeah. some business tactical yeah. things too is the identity piece, right? Because, mm-hmm. and we talk mm-hmm. about this often on the podcast because this seems to be a common theme yeah. that people get caught up in. Okay. My husband used to be a dentist and I remember that was like a part of his identity. And when he left dentistry, it was like, well, who am I if I'm not a dentist? And women that are in this community that have gotten to a certain stage, whether it's in their corporate job yeah. or it's in their business, yeah. and now they feel this pull on their heartstrings to make a change. Yes, But it's like, this sunk like fallacy, like the cost, like totally. the, uh, what is it called? Yeah. Yep. Like you spend a lot of time doing something and then you're like, can I do something else? Yeah. How have you navigated your identity as you've shifted different things? Yeah. I mean, my identity, even to this day, like if my grandparents are like, what do you do? I'm like, have a podcast. <laughs> it's kind of like a radio show and a sermon mixed <laughs> with business. Like, I mean, I don't even know how to describe myself because I'm right. so multifaceted and multi-passionate. And I think that we are now waking up to this realization that we are whole human beings that wear yep. many hats. And I honestly think the pandemic helped like humanize us in a way of like, there are dogs and there are children and I am eating lunch at my desk and things like that. Um, but what's interesting is, is that identity has been a huge theme. And I think it is a theme for so many of us as we move through life. And what happens is, is that we wear identities too long. Like when they no longer fit, we're afraid to like Mm -hmm. clothe ourselves in what's next and what's new. And I often think about my oldest daughter, Coco, I'll I'll often tell her like, I love who you are, but I also welcome who you're becoming because I think that that. there's this beauty in the evolution. And I think we live in a day and age where we're afraid to contradict ourselves. And I hope I contradict myself because it means I'm learning and growing and evolving as a human being. And so for me, like really understanding like, okay, my identity isn't just a photographer. It can be something different and it can be all of these different things because I am a whole human and I want to show up and not compartmentalize or shove parts of myself away in certain settings. It really welcomes us to have a much fuller life. Uh, But I think so many of us, like you said, this sunk cost fallacy of like, oh, I started getting this degree and I'm already two years in, so I might as well finish it up even though I know I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. It's like we have to let that go because our we can't control the past, but we can control the future. Uh, and yeah. that really invites us to like usher in this next iteration of ourselves. I often, when I'm going through a huge transition, even like becoming an author or going on a health journey or finally becoming a mom after really like identifying with loss, it's like, I honestly have to like envision like clothing myself in this new iteration of who I am and start to like introduce myself as this new version of myself, as uncomfortable Mm -hmm. as that is. It's, it's so funny. Cause I've been telling my husband that I'm like that Britney Spears song, like not a girl, not yet a woman where yes. how I feel about motherhood right now. Where yes. like, I definitely feel different than before I got pregnant. Yes. And now at 19 weeks pregnant, I'm like, but I'm not a mom with a human. So I can't relate to those experiences. I'm just like this weird, like, blah, blah, yes. in the middle. but I think we're all that way. Like yeah. pregnancy aside, it's just like, yeah. we're constantly evolving. And it's yeah. like, I love the way that you said that it's almost like stepping into like, who am I right now? Yes. And who do I want to be? Yes. Because that's the other thing. It doesn't matter like the direction of where you've been. It's like, yep. where do you actually want to go? Yes. So love, love, love this. Okay. Jenna, we have to like make a little shift here because you have such an incredible business brain and yeah. what you've built is phenomenal. And you mentioned a little bit earlier how important it is to not build on a rocky foundation. And I know there are a lot of women that are building businesses or a lot of podcasters in this community that are trying to grow. And it's like, they're on social media and the algorithms change and they're just like trying to be on every single platform or they're forgetting like when Gary Vaynerchuk is like, be like on 47 platforms, but he has a huge ass team behind him. It's like, where do we start? Yeah. And can we talk about the email? Because yeah. honestly, sometimes email sounds unsexy, but can you sexify email yeah. for us too? I'll make it more shiny. <laughs> I know. You know, I I totally understand it. And I feel like too, the whole undercurrent of this conversation has been, I have been able to do what I've done because I have a firm foundation. If social media yes. were to disappear tomorrow, my business wouldn't really change very much. And For me, that undercurrent that has fueled every iteration, every evolution has been my email list. And there Mm -hmm. was a time in my life where I had hired my very first business coach and I got on the phone with him and he said, how big is your list? And I sincerely thought he was talking about my to-do list. And I was like, well, it's about a mile long and I don't know what I'm going to get done today. And he's like, no, 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 your email list. And I was like, but I have 10,000 followers on social media. And he's like, no, 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 it's your email list. 
And mm-hmm. it's interesting because I started my podcast back in 2017 and my episode number 12 was about the power of email marketing. This is how long I've been talking about this because yeah. I feel like so many entrepreneurs, content creators, podcasters, business owners are building their businesses in rented space. You don't own your Instagram yeah. followers. You cannot control the algorithm. In fact, only like 6% of your followers even see what you're sharing and even fewer than that take action on it. They're not there to be clicking to the link in your bio and doing all these things. They're there to be entertained and distracted and numbed. And so what's interesting is, is like my passion is so fueled because I've watched it happen in my business where my business has sustained through pregnancy loss, through miscarriage, through uh, maternity Mm -hmm. leaves because of this undercurrent of my email list. I could not show up on social for an entire month and my business would still be running and generating revenue. And so I am just so passionate about people having this direct line to their people that they can reach out to at the drop of a hat. And it's so interesting, Keisha, because if you think about it, let's say you share about this episode on social media. So mm-hmm. 6% of your audience will see it and even fewer than that will take action. However, if you were to drop an email to an email list, nearly 100% of your subscribers will get an email in their inbox yeah. that they have to take a decision and make a move on. And so when you look at it that way, it's like, holy cow, like we have to start figuring out how to have that direct communication with the right people. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting too, because I think of email lists that I'm subscribed to, like yeah. even of podcasters where even if I don't open, because mm-hmm. everyone talks about open rates, even if yeah. I don't open the email, you're still sometimes nudged. I'm like, oh, they just had a podcast. Yep. Maybe I should go check out their podcast. Yep. So I don't go to social. I'm going to go listen to their show yes. because the headline got me or something. Yes. Right. And I think we forget about that when we're even so focused on like, what's the open rate of blah, blah, yeah. blah. But it's like, okay, just getting in their face. Yes. So how do we, how do we do this? Yes. Okay. Let's talk about it. <laughs> So what's amazing is, is I know social media is shiny and the average entrepreneur is spending like eight hours a week on their marketing strategy. The cool thing about email marketing is one, it doesn't have to take up very much time because on average, Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur is sending like 30 plus emails a day. So what would it look like to send one intentional email that can serve the masses and potentially be used over and over and over again? But the second Mm -hmm. part of this is that we want to think about where people are actually prone to drive results. It's really interesting because we've talked about this on the show, but time is my currency, right? And so as Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur, as a mom, as a wife, as a human, I want to make sure my time is going into the right places. The ROI, the return on investment for email marketing is $42. So I could say, Keisha, give me $1 this morning and I'll give you $42 back at the end of the day you would do it, right? Like you would be an idiot to not do that. And so that's what email marketing can do is it can give you a better return on your investment of your precious currency, which is your time. But beyond Mm -hmm. that, what's amazing is that email marketing is fueled by reciprocity. So if we were to just distill it down to the simplest understanding of it, you want to provide some sort of value and in exchange, someone will give you their email address, which is a value to you, right? So you're exchanging this value right off of the bat and you're giving an experience. Once you deliver that value, now you have this direct line of communication to someone and they have expressed interest in what it is that you're providing. Your social Mm -hmm. media followers might be following you for your cute dog. They don't care about what your offer is or what you're selling. And so what's amazing about an email list is somebody is willingly saying, hey, I want to hear about this or I'm interested in this or I want to learn more about this topic, meaning you are much more likely to convert this person into an actual paying client as you serve them and then eventually sell to them. And so what's amazing about our email marketing strategy, which is very robust now, is that it only takes us about one day per month to plan out an entire month's worth of content. And we're emailing two times a week. So for most people, they might only email every other week or even once a month. But what's so powerful about even making that move is you have this direct line to the right people who have already raised their hand who are likely a prospect, who are on the journey of making that purchasing decision, and who are invested in you in a more personal way. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So for someone that's getting started with email yeah. in general, like yeah. right now they're like, they're listening to this and they're like, huh? so about that email yeah. list, I've heard this for years and I haven't done crap yes. about my email list. So um, what, like what's helpful for people to get started or do yeah. you have resources to connect people to? Because I think sometimes it can be very like, yeah. I need to be on this platform, this platform, and now I need to add Pinterest. Then I need to yes. add 
TikTok. It's like, oh, my brain's going to explode. So how do we, like, what's like a simple way that they could start even driving into their email list? Okay. So let's simplify marketing all the way down, right? I run the top marketing podcast and I will tell every single person, you only need two objectives in your marketing strategy, not a million. You don't need to be Gary Vaynerchuk. You don't need to be everywhere. You need to have two main things. One is a focus and prioritization of growing and serving your email list. And the second is Mm -hmm. leveraging any other place that you are showing up online in order to grow your email list. So if you have a podcast, the goal of the podcast should be getting your listeners onto your email list. If you show up on Instagram, the goal of growing Mm -hmm. your following and serving your following should be getting them off of that platform and onto your list. If you have a YouTube channel, if you have a blog, anywhere that you can capture that traffic because now you own it and you can stay relevant and stay in touch with them. And so what's really interesting about email marketing that I love is on social, we're like churning and burning, right? Like we're working really hard on this content. It's living and dying within three to six hours, 24 hours at most. And then we're making the next thing. But with email, a lot of times you can use the same type of email, the same sequence, the same freebie for months and even years to come. So again, we're Mm -hmm. looking back at like, where is your time best spent? So for anyone listening there is likely something you already have in your toolkit, whether it's a template or a checklist or a resource. Uh, For example, my husband used to do health coaching before he became a stay-at-home dad. And we had our grocery list and we literally created a freebie that was our grocery list. And people loved it. They wanted it. It was already made. We just made it into a PDF and was like, here's what we buy at the grocery store. And people went nuts. Yeah. And so it's, we overcomplicate it because we start to think about all these different steps. And if we were to get Mm -hmm. really honest, you need one piece of value, an invitation for somebody to sign up for it and a way to deliver it. And that's it. That's like how simple it can be. It's like, it's amazing because you obviously have built this really large scale business, but you still have a pretty lean team considering the amount of reach that you have in all of these, right? Like different areas. And I think when people hear someone that's at this stage in their business saying like, this is how simple it can be, yeah. it feels like an elephant is like lifted off your shoulders, yes. right? It's just kind of like a, oh, yes. like it doesn't have to be so complicated because, and I think sometimes like we know like human nature when you're starting something, whether it's business related or even like a fitness program, you're like, okay, this is going to be so complicated. Let me catastrophize because if yes. I catastrophize then I'm going to keep myself and I'm not going to take any freaking action. Yes. But I love this like call that you're essentially saying like, Hey, like, let's just freaking do one step in the right direction to get you going. And then it will continue to build from there. Yes. So good. It's so, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna, it's so interesting because with this topic, like we're like, I can't add one more thing, but we don't take the time to analyze like the things I'm doing aren't working. Like I always think I love the show shark tank and I'm always like, Mm -hmm. I were to go on shark tank and they were to ask me like, okay, what are your marketing methods? And then how many customers are you getting? So many entrepreneurs would stand there and they'd be like, uh, I post on Instagram three times a week. And they'd be like, and what is your cost per lead? And what are those leads converting into? And how many sales are those things driving? And none of us would be able to report on that, but it's so email marketing. And the reason why I'm passionate about it is I'm like, I feel like people are like jumping out of planes without parachutes as they're like relying on social media alone. And I'm like, no, let me help you build the parachute. (laughs) Okay. So for anyone that needs help building the parachute, what, like, can you just tell us like some of the things that you have going on right now of like any way that you can help support this community that's wanting to build their email list? Yes. So I have full disclosure, an amazing email list building course. It is so good. I just built it from the ground up, refresh the entire thing from top to bottom. It's incredible. However, I'm going to do want- it. I'm doing it. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so here for you. You're going to be like all over my website because your success is just going to be so amazing. So it's amazing. However, if you are like, uh, I don't know enough to invest, I totally get that. And I love that for you. I have a free webinar. It's called From Zero Subscribers and Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. And all I want for you to do is to commit to spending one hour with me. I will walk you through if you are a content creator, an influencer, a product-based business, a service-based business, I will help you see how this can work for you. And I will give mm-hmm. you actual tangible steps that you can take and actually get results with. Like my goal, whenever I do a webinar is for somebody to get a quick win and see that this can work for them before they ever mm-hmm. invest a single dollar. Because I'm like, I can't ask you to invest your hard-earned money into a program unless you really believe that this can work for you. So if you want to just spend an hour with me, let me walk you through this. Go to jennacutcher.com slash empower her. That's jennacutcher.com forward slash empower her. 
You can sign up for the training, show up. I will walk you through this. I am so like, I haven't stopped talking about this in six years because (laughs) I really like if the sky was falling, I would tell you. And so the sky is falling in the online space and for women entrepreneurs. And I'm like, I will tell you. Amazing. Okay. So jennacutcher.com slash empower. Obviously we'll put that in the show notes and make sure everyone knows, but I think I want to like connect this back because let's go. The, one of the reasons like, you know, that I wanted to have you on the show. And one of the reasons I respect you so much in this space is because you are truly practicing what you preach, right? Like I, like I, it's such a, like, it's such a real genuine attitude that you have about like, I want to help business owners, but in particular, I think there's a little drive in this community to helping female business owners to get their time back and to get to live life and not have their business. Like we say that we want to be entrepreneurs for freedom, but it's like, do you have any freedom? And I think you've modeled this. So it's like, I mean, I'll take a page out of your book any damn day. Coming to your your email list thing and getting your course, because I just think it's really powerful. So to that, I want to just ask you a couple questions before we close up, yeah. which is one, you have two young kids yeah. and uh, there's a lot of women in this community that identify as wanting to be like the lineage changers for their family, mm-hmm. right? Like wanting to have things be different, whether no matter how much respect they have for their parents yeah. and how close their relationship is, none of that. But aside from this, like what you've done is drastically going to change the lineage to come mm-hmm. as a business owner. So how do you think about that as a parent yeah. and the fact that maybe your kids are going to grow up with more opportunity and even like privilege than you might've grown up with. And like, totally. that's a struggle that I think has been on my mind yeah. a little bit too, just full transparency. Yeah. Like how do you raise kids that are gracious and humble, but also have a lot of opportunity? Yeah. It's amazing. So I am a first generation entrepreneur. I paid my way yeah. through college. Um, I've never had help or a loan or even, you know, $5 from my parents. Like I've always just worked yeah. really hard. And it is something I think about all the time. Like the other day, for example, we went to church and then we went and picked out a bike for my older daughter. And I remember having to paint faces. My mom set up a booth so we could paint faces to earn money to buy a bike as a kid. Like my mom was freaking savvy of like, you're going to earn your way of buying a bike. Yeah. And it's really interesting because I just want to raise like happy, healthy, kind human beings but it is so hard to navigate. Like, what does that look like? Because their scope of reality is so different than the one I was raised with, which is exactly the goal and the intent. But also there were so many things that I learned and gleaned from having to be really thoughtful about what does this look like? How am I going to pay my way through college? What do I want out of my Mm -hmm. life? And so it's really interesting. Um, We've had to navigate like, so for example, this is like not as fun to talk about, but important to talk about. Like we had to create like our will and our trust. And that was something we hadn't thought about pre-kids of like, what happens to us? What happens to our possessions? What happens to our money? And for me, it gave me so much peace of like, okay, this is the plan. It was also very fun in terms of finances to say, okay, our children have to be able to make thoughtful decisions. These are the life events that they can get money for and nothing else. Mm. They can't just dip into money at any point. They have to have enough thought of like every three years, they get an opportunity to take out a certain amount. They have to be able to tell us what it's for, where it's going towards and be able to report like- Amazing. We we almost gamified the whole system of like, (laughs) if you're getting married, if you're starting a business, if you're going to school, if you're furthering your education, if you're, you know, like all these different things so that they have to be super thoughtful about what that looks like. So I had a lot of fun with it. Um, but it's interesting. Can you turn that into an email opt-in? I should, I should. We, well, and it's like something you don't even think about. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like what, and I don't, I don't watch, um, what is that show that succession? My husband just watched it. Oh yeah. um, yeah. I don't watch it, but he was just talking about like how it's these kids fighting over their parents' wealth and stuff. And one of my good friends, Russell (laughs) Brunson will often say it to his kids, like, you're not rich. I'm rich. You just live with me. (laughs) And I love that because he's like, you got to go and earn your own money. And so it's interesting. It's really, I don't know if I'll ever figure it all out for sure. Yeah, of course. We're all figuring out as we go. But so, and, and to that one last thing is, so how do you feel like you showing up Cause like there is this dynamic of like, like, I hate to even like say this, yeah. like the mom guilt. Cause like dads don't get asked this question. Yeah. Right. But like yeah. the, the idea of like chasing like your big dreams and also wanting to be a really like present parent, yeah. how do you feel like the, like this has positively impacted your kids that yeah. you are still going after it? Because there are women that are struggling with that of like, 
but I feel like I need to be here when I want to be there. And like, how, how do you do that? <laughs> I, so what's so, and I'm so excited for you to experience this. And as your postpartum yeah. doula, I will be here for you every step <laughs> of the way. Um, what's really interesting. So my husband is a stay at home dad, which is incredibly yeah. helpful. However, I should note, we have never had a nanny. We've never had outside help. It is us. I am the one scooping Cheerios off of the floor. I am the one doing bath time. We don't have extra help. So it's just the two of Mm -hmm. us with our two kids, which is how we designed our lives. It's very interesting because I actually don't feel a lot of guilt. And I think why is because I am so meticulous of where I am is where I'm meant to be right now. When I'm with my kids, I'm 100% with my kids. When I'm working, I'm so laser focused on work. And it kind of alleviates because I think there was a time where I was half in on everything, right? When I'm working, I'm thinking about my kids. When I'm with my kids, I'm thinking about work. And I had to figure out like, I need to like tunnel vision where I'm at is where I need to be. And this is the most important place for me to be right now. And so even with our email list building launch happening coming up, I was like telling my husband, okay, for the next three weeks, my brain is going to be like a little bit more on. I might be working after the kids go to bed. Um, I told him, I said, if we didn't have kids right now, this is when I'd be working 10 hours a day because I want to, not because I have Mm -hmm. to, but I was like, but I just want you to know, like, this is temporary. And there's the end line is July 1st. I'm all yours, all yours, all the kids. Mm -hmm. This is it. And so I think what happens is, and you talked about this in your recent episode of like, Hustling is required at certain times of entrepreneurship, but where is the finish line? When do you stop and say, Mm -hmm. well done, now I'm going to rest. And so for so many people, they get into that hustle phase and they never get out of it, right? There's no end game. There's no end goal. There's no finish. And so um, for me, it's been really helpful in terms of mom guilt of being like, guess what? My business is kind of, I'm sorry. Guess what? My business is kind of my priority for the next three weeks. And then guess what? The next two months, I'm all yours. And so it helps for me to kind of figure out what does this look like and how do I navigate it in a way that feels good and feels fair, both to my own ambition, but also to the presence of my children. So freaking good. Like that's such a great answer. And I think it's so powerful for people to hear, like even just a reminder, like find those and like I'm do- yes. working on this for this amount of time. Yes. Like set those like line in the sand yeah. moments for yourself so that you don't feel like you're a hamster on a wheel. Yeah. Right? There's a requirement to get work done, yep. but like you can do it in alignment where it might be sectioned out. Yeah. So I love that. Okay. So for anyone that is interested in your webinar, they yeah. can go to jennacutcher.com slash empower her. Yeah. I'm definitely coming. Yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> I like really need to focus on building my email list, full transparency, like I'm, I want I'm you gonna, to have I'm going to do whatever you say. I want you to have <laughs> it up and running and I want for you to have emails scheduled for your entire maternity leave so that your business is creating results while you are resting with your sweet baby. That is Ugh, my goal and vision wait. for you. And I, created, I will do it, Jenna. Yeah, Take my word. Yeah, I will do it. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in, I'm in and helping you do that. And I, I think too, that has been so powerful in allowing me to press the brakes and not worry mm-hmm. about losing momentum or having that fear of like, was this all a fluke? And will I be successful when I'm ready again? It's given yes. me the security to slow down and know that the results aren't slowing or my business isn't shutting down or it's not all going to disappear. And I think that more women need that security uh, so that Mm -hmm. they can live a life that actually feels good and that the hustle ends and it does stop and that there's still something fueling the machine in the background that gives them the ability to rest without guilt. So amazing. I love that. And then we touched on it a little bit, but for anyone that wants to snag your book, they need to go grab your book. How are you really? And we're also going to do a giveaway. So if you tag me, Keisha Get Mary, as well as Jenna Kutcher on Instagram with any takeaways from this, we're going to give away a couple copies of the book, but for anyone else, go grab it. I love it. Like not, and not even just because you're on the podcast right now, but I read this before we scheduled this and I was like, I am freaking all about the way that you show up in the world. And then of course the gold digger podcast, it's the top marketing podcast for a reason. It was a hundred million downloads. Jenna, thank you sincerely there. Me as a podcaster and a lot of women that we've helped in this community launch their shows. Like you truly have paved the way Mm -hmm. in so many ways, how you're showing up as a mom and a wife, how you show up to your business and you do this in such an aligned way. And honestly, what you've done in the podcasting space, there's a lot of male podcasters, like podcasters out there, but there's not as many women and you're freaking crushing it. So thank you for showing us what's possible. And I appreciate you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, girl. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. That was so good. Thank 
you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend. Like, send it to her right now. Or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.